he's a native Texan, president of the Fredericksburg Tea Party, a student of Ben Franklin and John Locke, and he's a Christian conservative political activist. He's a true believer in the principles that this country was founded upon and comes to you every day to guide, advise, and lead you to become involved in the greatest political experiment in the history of our planet, self-governance. We don't get Matt Long, and this is the Matt Long Show. Good morning, folks. So happy to be here with you on a Tuesday morning. A little cloudy out there. I got all of 20 points of rain. I don't know how much you got, but uh, there it actually, yeah, got a little bit wet out at our house. I was in Austin yesterday, and when uh, they had pretty good uh, thunderstorm and pouring while we were there in the middle of the afternoon, and the uh, the chairman of the uh, committee that we were uh, speaking to uh, kind of stopped and said, um, if you were born since the last time it rained, you may want to go outside and see what this is all about. So brought up a good chuckle um, because it just seems like it's been that long since we've had any moisture fall out of the skies. So anyway, yeah, up at the Capitol all day, we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. But first of all, uh, I want to talk about July 17th. That's a Sunday. And uh, over in New Braunfels is an outstanding opportunity to see David Clark, Sheriff David Clark, and uh, as well as uh, George Washington is going to be there delivering a State of the Union 2022 address. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't miss that for... Uh, anything uh, if you want to check that out get your tickets go to no time to run.com no time to run.com check it out get that on your calendar uh, make a day out of it it starts in the afternoon and uh, it's uh, you'll be able to get back to the hill country uh, before dark so there you go we'll uh, give you more details as we get closer on that and Thursday probably have a good interview lined up for you with someone involved in that event so yeah we were at the uh, capital i say we um there were some folks from the hill country there was uh brady was uh, represented all the uh, northeast uh, texas uh um uh, they are now called north they were the northeast tarrant tea party northeast tarrant county tea party um but they have expanded and now are franchised all across the state called uh, true texas project and Fran, who is the uh, head of that, the president of that organization, uh, brought down her little car full of uh, the, it's called the Little Red Car. I haven't seen it. All I have in my mind is something like from high school, a 70s Toyota or something, that, some little tiny box. I don't know what, I'm sure it's nicer than that. But uh, so she brought her Little Red Car down. They stayed and testified um, it was a very interesting day. First of all, what it was was a Health and Human Services uh, Senate Committee were meeting, and they wanted to know, uh, they wanted to hear about the the pandemic response. Now, they started out, um, and I say started out, the vast majority of uh, yesterday was different agencies of the government of the state government and man you think there's you think you know how many government agencies we had you could lord yeah i couldn't even start they had boards i'd never even heard of testifying yesterday 
And these were people who basically told the rest of us what to do, how to do it, when to do it, where to do it, um, and with complete disregard for the Constitution, of course, because we all know that's a meaningless doc, uh, document anymore. Um, but what we heard from all those guys was um, uh, we need more data. It snuck up on us. We did the best we could. Um, we heard uh, we, we heard things that you and I know don't make any stinking sense. And one of them was that the we did hear a number of different times how great the vaccine was. Um, we um, heard uh, from several. Now, we did get opposing viewpoints, but they started with all these state agencies. Of course, they're going to defend the status quo. They're going to defend their actions based on what came down from Washington. A lot of references to the CDC and the federal government. And so they made all their excuses. I heard the circular arguments about... Um, Masks, uh, about vaccines, uh, masks on children. And that was probably the most convoluted testimony we heard um, <laughs> on masks on children. Um, here's a guy basically saying the masks don't really work that well and children don't get sick. And then, But at the same time, defending that the kids should always wear masks and blah, 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 blah. Very, very frustrating. Um, I was uh, not surprised that Senator Hall uh, came in pretty strong on all these people. In fact, I assume it is probably him that uh, pushed uh, or requested that uh, Senator Kolkhorst, um, who is also, I, I can describe her as a part-time good guy. She seems to be on our side most of the time, not all the time. Um, but I think uh, probably between Hall and Kolkhorst, they, uh, they were the ones that brought this committee around. Senator Perry also, he represents Brady and goes on up from there. Senator Perry was there in attendance all day. And, man, I'm telling you, Don Buckingham, you stepped up to the plate. Senator Buckingham stepped up to the plate yesterday. She did leave a little early. You know, nearly all of us got there um, and signed in a little after 8 yesterday morning. And uh, Senator Buckingham, I exchanged a number of texts with her during the testimony, and um, she uh, she had a hard leave at 6 and needed to leave at 6, but uh, there was no way, and she sent me in a text. She says, I want to question the pharma guys. And so when the Texas Pharmacy Board uh, Alphabet <laughs> Organization got up to testify, very and here's another here's your government at work the um the question was asked about were pharmacists uh punished for not um for not uh, um uh, prescribing or filling i'm sorry filling prescriptions to the um what they called novel treatments and that's how they referred to uh, ivermectin and uh all the other different protocols, the the uh, vitamin packs, uh, the vitamin D packs, and all the different protocols that many of us followed to make it through uh, the Kung Flu. And uh, the and so they, yeah, they called those novel. Um, but the question came up was, uh, were, were pharmacists punished? And he goes, well, no, there are no pharmacists punished. And then Senator Hall 
Yeah, you could tell he was very frustrated, and when it's his turn to ask, he says, now, wait a minute, I got letters here from pharmacists who say that they were punished, that they were given letters from the pharmacy board that uh, they would lose their license if they continued to um, prescribe these different novel treatments in off off-use, uh, whatever you call it, uh, where it's not being used for what it was originally designed for. And um, so he pulls these letters up and says, what's this? And he goes, oh, yeah, that wasn't me. That was the guy before me. So it, it, was, it was almost, they tried to blame it on the, the organization. And then when the guy who's currently running the organization doesn't want it blamed on the organization, he makes it personal on the last person. So see what had happened in the middle of all this, our head of the pharmacy board was replaced during the mid of this during the middle of this pandemic kung flu scare, the head of the Texas pharmacy board uh, was replaced. And yes, the guy before this one, oh, yeah, he punished pharmacists. He told them they couldn't do this, couldn't do that. They were going to lose their licenses. And the new pharmacy guy says, well, that'll never happen under me. And uh, so there was, like, no accountability there. And uh, so we listened to that all day. And uh, I need to take a short break. When I get back, we will continue this story. Um, we do have uh, Pastor Greg at the bottom of the hour, and uh, I have no idea what we're going to talk about. We could not connect last night. So uh, it's going to be hodgepodge up in the air. Um, but y'all stay tuned. I'll finish my report on uh, the Capitol yesterday. Folks, we are back, and I want to continue my story on testifying in front of the Senate Health and Human Services Committee yesterday in Austin. Um, I was complimenting uh, Buckingham. Uh, she stuck around, uh, gave the pharmacy guys a run for their money. Um, Bob Hall, uh, Senator Perry, and Colker stayed the pretty much the rest of the uh, evening, and I, there were an, uh, a couple of other faces that appeared and disappeared from that committee, um, but if they weren't there long enough for me to take note and realize that they were there, that's why I'm only remembering Perry, Buckingham, uh, Colkhurst, and Hall. My apologies if you just blended in with the woodwork, um, but those those four seem to be asking the most questions. Now, after we had all of the excuse-making uh, alphabet Texas um, oh, government agencies one after another, after another, after another, come up, and uh, then we had, uh, then we had, uh, uh, let's see, there was, uh, oh man, I got them in front of me, uh, then the doctors that we've been uh, familiar with, uh, Ryan Cole, uh, let's see, Peter McCullough, I think Cole was there, um, I know, I know, maybe it was Cole's wife, I'm not sure which Cole was there, um, but, uh, uh, Dr. Peter McCullough was there. Um, then also I'm trying to remember the names of the other ones, but they were, 
Um, those were the, the biggest one. There was another big one, McCullough, and I'm, and I'm apologizing for not missing the name. But these guys, man, give some overwhelming testimony on the novel uh, treatments for the coronavirus. And uh, their uh, amazing, amazing uh, research that these guys have done and have been punished, uh, you know, banned from platforms, uh, punished in their industry, threatened with uh, uh, taking their licenses away, and yet everything they were saying from the beginning now ends up to be proving itself very, very true. So we got through all the experts, and then, let's see, the committee started meeting at 9 that morning. We got through all the experts by about 6.30 or so, I believe. Then they had 40 people lined up to uh, citizens like you and I and Angela Smith and, and some of the other wonderful uh, people there. Uh, let's see, I just got a text. Dr. Malone was also there, I believe. Um, and so after that, we start hearing citizens. And uh, we heard stories of people who were not allowed to be with their loved ones as they passed away. We heard stories of people whose family members got the shot, got the jab, and then died a few days later. There were a number of different folks who, um, uh, one, there was one testimony about a woman who had gotten the shot and then went, uh, lost all feeling from about the middle of her body down. Um, so we hear all these stories, how it affected, how the reaction to this uh, virus affected folks. And um, I was not called to testify. <laughs> the, loom, the room was starting to dwindle down, let's put it that way. And Angela Smith and I and about five other people are still in the room. And it's like, well, we must be pretty close to you know, getting called up. Sure enough, I was the fourth from the last, and Angela was the second from the last. But in all the testimony, in over 12 hours of testimony all day, all day, well, it was under 12 hours, under 12 hours of testimony all day, I did not hear one mention of the Constitution. Not a single mention of the Constitution. None whatsoever. No one said, you know, next time, next time we have a pandemic, whatever the next new Kung flu is, I hope we can give it a good nickname like this, monkeypox, I'm not sure how, that's all right, that's got a built-in nickname, I mean, heavens, monkeypox, whatever the next pandemic is coming, flu, whatever it is, and I can promise you there'll be one, um, there was no discussion of, okay, next time we're going to pay attention to the Constitution. Next time we're going to remember that in this country we have the freedom to gather, that we have the ability guaranteed under the First Amendment of the Constitution to hang out with the people we want to hang out with as long as it's peaceful. In any time we want to, anytime, anywhere, under any conditions, we have the right to hang out. There is no fine print in the Constitution that says you can hang out with your buddies down at the park unless a bunch of people get sick, and then you can't do that anymore. And, of course, you know and I know that the cities the cities and the counties were leading in that fight. It was your city 
that shut you down, that said people can't gather in groups of more than 10 or 20 or 25 or whatever the limit was, or they can only be at a third of capacity or whatever. Those were the cities and the counties that did that to you. And if you remember, many of us went to city council meetings and waived our constitutions at city council members they did not like that. In fact, they even mocked us for it, you know, coming in here, waving your constitutions. And uh, their their reply when asked about that was, well, Governor Abbott told us to do this. So they, the, our local city elected officials, and many of them we just reelected recently, um, they're the ones who uh, shut you down. And so no one, no one, not a single bit of testimony all day said the constitution so i get up there i'm the fourth from the last and um i had three parts of my uh three parts of my presentation and uh the last part was the constitution and i just i made a point saying that listen our city and our county people every time we dissuaved the constitution adam you know, those silly old rights we have. Every time we wave those at them, they would point to Austin. They would point to Abbott. And I made a point of telling these guys that, listen, our city elected officials, they look to you. If no one in Austin says, hey, we have a constitution that allows us to freely gather, to assemble freely, unless we have leadership in Austin that does that, our cities and our counties they're just going to fall in line. I mean, they're just, that's basically what's going to happen because they've got a finger to point. They can point to Austin. They don't have to take any responsibility for their actions and they point to Austin. So a third of my testimony had to do with, we needed leadership from Austin who pays attention to our constitution. And I did hear a little bit of a rumor. I did hear a little bit of a rumor. You know, uh, Greg uh, Abbott has been renewing our emergency uh, mandates uh, now the last time he emer- uh, he renewed it was uh, June 22nd so we, we didn't talk about that a week ago but he renewed it again and uh, the rumor I heard yesterday is that he keeps renewing those because he doesn't want ro- rogue judges in counties being more hard on us they did not want judges to start shutting down towns wow Abbott circular reasoning there folks um we need to take a short break and uh when we get back we're going to talk to pastor greg and no i'm not ignoring that tractor trailer with 46 dead human beings in it yesterday y'all stay tuned we'll be right back My good friend and the Texas Hill Country Patriot Radio, Mr. Matt Long and the Matt Long Show. Matt, welcome. Great to have you. Always great to be here with you, Pastor Greg, on Tuesdays. So uh, we got a little bit yeah. of the uh, very uh, 
Something came out of the sky last night that kind of surprised us all in the form of moisture. Did you get any of that last night? We got, well, not last night, but yesterday during the day, we ended up getting some rain and, uh, and it came down pretty good for quite a, quite a while. And then, uh, and then a whole lot of, uh, you know, light thunder and yeah. some lightning, but a lot of, a lot of loud noise, normally loud noise precipitated by precipitation. Right. Uh, uh, uh yeah, something like that. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, but, uh, the, just a lot of clearing of the pipes, uh, after that and, and not, and not, a, not a great deal of water that, that, that followed the clearing of the pipes, but we're still praying uh, and believing, I, I, I have to say, Matt, I think, uh, I think there's a flood in our future that, that seems to, well, it just, that just seems to be the history. If you go back the last 50, 60 years, even, um, it, it's been, you know, uh, about every 10 years or so. Very cyclic. Uh, yep. yep. We, we get a, we get a cyclical flood. We, we get the flood. Then we get a few years of rain. Then we get about five years, five or six years. And that turns into a drought. And then we get a flood again. And we're, 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 we're in the drought stage right now. So we'll see, uh, if we're going to get the flood stage. There you go. So what's our, what's our topic today? We were not able to connect last night for various reasons. So, we're we're fly. I'm flying uh, flying we're, blind we're, down here. <laughs> so so a couple of things. So I I did want to get kind of a, just a final read from you. I'm hearing people saying, "Oh, it was a it was a great convention and 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 you know wonderful and all kinds of great things." And uh, my my dear friend Ray Meyer, so I love uh, posted something about you know we. We we defeated the uh, the the homosexual agenda and 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 young conservatives did disassociate themselves from the log cabin Republicans. Unfortunately, according to current, the log log cabin Republicans have reformulated themselves as some kind of Texas conservative <laughs> something or other. Uh, trying to rename themselves, but still push the same sodomite agenda into the Republican Party. And I'm sorry. Look, it, it is what it is. Okay, it it it, it, it is what it is. Uh, but anyway, give me give me uh, give me your 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 brief synopsis on that, and then I'd like to talk about Clarence Thomas's decision that he made on Friday, and why is it that. Heritage Foundation and Eagle Forum and 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 you know these very conservative groups are not jumping on board with Thomas and saying, "Man, this is a great writing." Yes, we absolutely we need to overturn Obergefell and we need to and we need to overturn the sodomy and and mm. and we need to we need to restore. Mm godly traditional values because otherwise we're going to keep i mean everybody's up in arms about the comprehensive sex education program about pornographic material in our schools well ladies and gentlemen why do you think that's there Hmm. Hmm. all right we have a full package to uh, unwrap here um first of all to the state convention since i've been going to the state convention the first year i went to the state convention um, I first learned about the log cabin Republicans. 
wasn't too, didn't really know who they were. I know, I knew that uh, before I'd been there long, here's what I, I found out about them, is they were the only people the first year I was there that were selling coffee down in the event center. And so they were my go-to about twice a day to get coffee. And then someone later told me who the log cabin Republicans were. And I said, okay, and they've got a booth here in the Republican convention. So then I find out that this is a yearly fight and uh, that two sessions ago the, the uh, log cabin Republicans wanted to be officially affiliated with the Republican Party. In fact, I believe on the federal level they even completed that this year. In Texas, we went the opposite direction. We, com we finally got that situation cleared up, hopefully. And so the log cabin Republicans were not there and were not represented this year. And uh, so we, we don't know how that's going to go in two years. Um, and was there? we saw some pushback on that from the floor, um, but not a whole lot. And so the... Yeah, the rebranding, I find that so interesting. You know, our voters are suckers for the word conservative. And so I just, I just and, and, and the proof of that is everybody that runs for Republican office has conservatives in their flyer. They're this, they're that. And, and people say, well, look, it says conservative right here. They, they wouldn't dare use that word if they weren't conservative. And yet here we go, another example. The log cabin um, Republicans have... Um, rebranded as uh yeah some kind of uh conservative group um yeah the floor is yours on that one well well you you talk about you know the the this you know branding conservative oh yeah we're conservative so that listen i'm i'm in a i'm in a major uh facebook go round uh one of my facebook friends wrote so thankful to god victory for life and some woman decided to jump on there and say, remind me to let friends and family know not to attend your church. Alienating a population of people trying to dictate their choices is not good for church or state, doesn't resemble Jesus at all. Mm. So, so now, now I, and I was on a show this past Friday, and the guest that I was on is, was relaying a story that a youth minister had been sharing with the youth uh, at a, at a youth gathering at their church about, you know, and he shared a pro-life message and he talked about how important it is for, uh, you know, the, the young, for young people not to abort their babies and, and things of that nature. And so a couple of parents of kids that were there registered a complaint with the priest uh -huh. And said, "We don't ever. We don't want this guy to ever talk to the child, to the youth again, because this pro-life message you you can't have. We can't have that kind of conversation uh, with with them. We can't ha we can't take that stance." Mm -hmm. And the priest agreed with the parents and 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 banned him. He can't speak to the youth anymore. Mm -hmm. So the priest took a pro-abortion, a kill baby approach. Wow. Uh, one of the other parents heard about this and wanted to have a conversation with the priest to express her concerns and say, listen, aren't, you know, wouldn't Jesus be about life, right? Mm. I knew you before you were ever in your mother's womb. Wouldn't, mm -hmm. Well, he wouldn't take a meeting with her. Mm. So what she did was is she found out when he was having, when he was sitting in confessional, 
and she arranged to go and she confronted him in confessional good for her. Um, but, but you know, it, it, so you talk about this conservatives, these people who claim to be Christian are, are supporting the killing of babies. I know. So it shouldn't surprise us that these other organizations are not willing to support traditional values. And if you're going to legalize this same sex thing and you're going to legalize the questioning of, of, of sexual attraction, and you're going to start doing that with four and five year olds, then you're going to have pornographic material that's going to be presented to these children because that's going to be the law. And if you don't want that to happen, then you need to start by making what has put it in the schools illegal again and take it out. It, there, it, it just, it, it doesn't make any sense to me why, why, why Christians and conservatives aren't lining up behind Judge Thomas and saying, yes, absolutely the federal government has no business being engaged in this. It should be a state and a local decision, and we should live in the kinds of communities that we want to live in. And those that want to live in communities that have a different idea and, and different value system can go live in those communities. Mm. You know, the, the only thing I can think of is the, um, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Isn't that in Romans, the first uh, chapter of Romans and I think so many Christians today don't want to make waves. They don't want to raise their head. They they want to stay friends with their neighbors. They don't want to upset the uh, the other moms in the soccer club, and uh, and so they they just keep their head down. They say, "Well, we'll let someone else fight that battle. I'm 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 doing just fine right here." And I think that um, until Christians start living to Romans one where it says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. I think we're going to be in that boat until then. And um, I just, I, I don't know, don't know how to uh, answer that anyway. I'm with you. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Interesting that faith is directly tied to the sharing of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not hateful to tell someone God loves you, and God loves you enough to correct your sinful ways so that you can live free of sin. That's why Jesus Christ went to the cross. Matt, God bless you. God bless the hill country of Texas. Let's keep praying, let's keep fighting, and let's keep speaking up. God bless you all, and have a great day. We are back. So um, in the middle of uh, the um, testimony yesterday, one of the people that was uh, one of the um, invited testifiers came in around 6.30, quarter to 7, 
and was, uh, yeah, he was part of some rapid response team in uh, San Antonio. And so about 6.30 last night, in during his testimony, he said something to the effect of, yeah, and my people are all out in San Antonio right now, and uh, they're all uh, for a mass casualty incidents in San Antonio. And he was stopped, and uh, Colquist, um, Senator Colquist says, what do you mean, a mass casualty event happening right now in San Antonio? And he said, yes, right now in San Antonio, there is a mass casualty event. Um, after reading all the uh, stories, um, in fact, trying to find something on the news last night was uh, not easy to do, um, and uh, found a couple of San Antonio websites that were uh, g- giving us a little bit of breaking story on it about the tractor trailer that was found over on the southwest side of San Antonio that ended up with um, a lot of dead bodies in it. And um, I, yes, illegal aliens in a truck, 46 dead. And there was a part of me, and I know this is going to sound horrible, but I, there's a lot of my listeners that probably would agree with, would not agree with this, but would say, yeah, that is in the corner of my broken, evil brain. But there was a little part of me that says, yep, that's what happens. Um, and then before, before that thought could even complete, 46 dead human beings. I, I don't care that they were illegal, that they were here illegally. I know that there were 14 or 15 or 16 in that truck that survived. And I, I'm glad I didn't think too much about this last night. I'm glad I was very tired before I went to sleep. Because imagining being in that truck and being one of the 14 or 15 that's still alive and you got 46 bodies around you, or 47 or 48, I, what, what a nightmare. And, you know, we, I, I think we've talked about this one time on the air, and I believe it was with a pastor. It may have been with Jonathan Science, but we talked about the fact that where we stand on illegal um, on people entering our country illegally they're not immigrants they are lawbreakers coming into our country illegally and quite frankly every story i've read this morning says somehow gets to the point says well they were just coming here for a better life right that's always added in there i did find the um Mayor of San Antonio last night speaking at a news conference, um, and he talks about the tragedy and the death, and then he has to add that line. They were just coming here for a better life, right? He just has to add that line. I don't care where you stand on these guys, whether you want to help them across, you're part of the uh, Catholic organization that wants to help get these people into the country, or if you're one of the people on the opposite end of that that would really love to just go down to the border and actually turn people down mid-river. All right? Uh, mid-river, they're, mid-river, turn them around and make them go back. I'm kind of in that camp. And yet at the same time, these are human beings. 
I don't make any excuse for their actions. But if you think about this, let's just let's just make it a little personal. All right. I know it probably unless you're really young, you have had a loss in your family, someone close, a parent. Even grandparents are pretty strong losses. I know some people that never that didn't know their grandparents very well and when a grandfather or grandmother died, it was like, yeah, I you know, I never really knew her that well. She lived up in wherever and I knew all four of my grandparents really well, and I can remember exactly when each one of them passed away, and I remember the pain of knowing that I'm never going to sit at Mama Mac's uh, kitchen counter um, under the diner light again, and I remember I'm not ever going to be able to sit at Gandy's uh, living room. My mother's, uh, my dad's mom and dad smoked cigarettes, so we'd go over to their house and you know, that was the smell, and it was the whole thing associated with Gandhi and Granddad on my dad's side. And and um, and I just, those were painful to me. Um, younger, my cousin, I lost my cousin, um, 10 years younger than me, Captain Kirk. Um, you guys remember that? That was a little over a year ago. He passed away, I believe, May 10th, um, a year ago. So he's been gone now for, for a year and, a, and about a month. And going to his funeral, there were 300 people there, easily 300 people that had enough. They, they were tied in with him enough, 300 people, that they felt like they needed to get dressed, go down, pay their respects, and spend the day celebrating the death of a loved one. 300 people. So let's just do a little bit of math. Um, uh, if you were to count just your immediate family, let's just talk uh, your mom, dad, grand, maybe you have grandparents, maybe you have parents, maybe you have in-laws still alive. Maybe you don't. Maybe it's uh, children and grandchildren and maybe even grand, great-grandchildren. So just start there. At the very minimum, there's 10 people. At the very minim- minimum, 10 people that have a direct, almost daily tie to your life. And if one of those 10 people goes, the other nine are greatly affected by it, right? I mean, greatly affected. And if you take that and expand your circle out and add another 10 to it, uh, those are the people you work with on a daily basis, all right? We, we lost a co-worker here at the radio station a couple of weeks ago. Now, that was not someone who was in my everyday life, um, you know, on, on, but she was, she was here and was a part of our family here and her passing affected quite a few people. So let's just stop that number at 20 because it keeps the math easy. Let's say you pass away. There are going to be 20 people at least that's a, that's a, a, a conservative estimate, at least 20 people who are going to be seriously affected by your passing. It's going to make it's it's going to make a change in their life. It's something it, it's a major ordeal to 20 people. Now let's just multiply that by 46. All right? And now you're looking at about 920 people. 46 times 20, that's 920. I think that goes out even further. I think that stretch goes out even further probably over 2,000 people that over the next few days or the next few weeks are going to find out that friend 
who uh, that uh, they were drinking with in uh, in in Guatemala a couple of weeks ago, or that friend that they went through that they they've lived next door to all their lives, who was going to America, coming to America, and they're going to find out that person didn't make it, that they baked to death in the back of a tractor trailer on the side of the road. I find it disappointing that there's finger pointing going on, um, and yet it doesn't surprise me. Um, Abbott's already pointing at um, Biden. Very quickly came out with a statement last night saying this is all on Biden. Well, Governor Abbott, I got a, I got a, uh, <laughs> I got a message for you. This is partly your fault as well. In fact, I think every one of us has a share in this. Have we? Have you been engaged in with your representatives enough to let them know that you, we need to stop this, stop this illegal flow of people taking their life into their own hands, going into the desert? You know, it was 46 at once yesterday in a tractor trailer. That is a pretty gruesome scene, and yet... Over, over the years and even over short periods of time, we find bodies one or two at a time out all over in Texas. And, but they're not in one big pile, and so we don't pay a whole lot of attention to them. And uh, so I hope this death of 46, which is, <laughs> I, th- this is a tragedy. Th- this is the biggest mass killing in this country that I can recall. And I wonder how many, how many, um, how much news it's going to take up today. What's going to happen in Washington? How are they going to deal with this? What is Abbott going to do? I mean, I, I even driving home last night from the Capitol as I was listening to the news, um, I believe it was the top of the hour is at 10 o'clock and I'm still on the road. And, um, and, uh, I, it was, I hear the uh, news at the top of the hour and about the, the tractor trailer, and that was the first time I'd heard about the death of 46 people or 47. And a semi is coming the other way. And all I could do as the semi drives by is think about being in the back of that, no air conditioning. It's 100 and good Lord who knows what inside that trailer. And yes, they may have been illegal aliens. They may have been, some of them may have been gang members. But all of them had a family. All of them had loved ones. All of them had grandmothers. Many of them probably had children. They all had brothers and sisters. They had a mother and a father. This is a tragedy that we cannot let go by. You know, a couple of years ago, there was a semi that unloaded, I believe, in San Antonio. And a bunch of people ran out of it, but they found, I think they found three or four dead bodies in it. I can't remember what it was, but they had the truck driver, and you know, he got sentenced to life almost immediately. I mean, they arrested this guy. He went to trial. He is serving a life sentence. What do you do with the drivers? How do we find out who arranged this? What is Texas going to do? What is Abbott going to do? Because at the end of the day, this does land right in our hands. In fact, I can see the feds very quickly pointing back at Abbott and saying, you know, what are you, what are you guys letting these trucks go down the road? Don't you have vehicle inspections? Don't you do this when the trucks come into Texas? I don't know. 
the finger pointing, I imagine, is going to get pretty ugly because you don't just uh, blow off 46 dead people. Um, so when Pastor Greg and I were uh, talking a little bit earlier about uh, the children, um, I, it, it came up, uh, the scriptures, I was trying to think of all the different places that Jesus talked about children. And uh, I think Jesus enjoyed children probably more than anyone. If you look at his interactions with children and then the scripture in uh, Matthew uh, chapter 18 that says, uh, if you receive a child in my name, you're receiving me. But those who offend one of these little ones, it is better for him that a millstone were hanged around his neck and that we, he were thrown in the depth of the sea, man, Jesus, really? Wow. That's pretty harsh. But that's where Jesus stood on the treatment of children. Y'all stay tuned for Lorraine. We'll see you tomorrow.